The interviews and discussions on this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hello and welcome to this Stockhead Rock Yarn. I'm your host, Peter Strachan. Today we're delighted to have Chris Lewis, the Chief Executive Officer of Hartshead, back in the studio to talk about recent developments in their North Sea gas development projects. Last time we spoke to them, a couple of months ago, Chris was telling us about the gas developments that they were planning at the Anning and Somerville fields. And over the last couple of weeks, they put in place some very strong building blocks to move towards production. Firstly, they've signed an agreement to do an engineering study on existing infrastructure in the area, and they've also raised $11 million to fund that development uh, engineering work. So here to tell us about developments and what's happening in the North Sea for Hartshead is uh, Chris Lewis. Chris, welcome to the studio today. Can you just remind the uh, listener about the projects that we're talking about here in the North Sea. Hi, Peter. Uh, Good to chat to you again. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Let's do a a quick sort of reminder of of what we're doing, particularly with our phase one gas field developments. That's the Anning and Somerville field. So we are, we're developing um, two gas fields. Um, They have both had historic production. um, So we know how the reservoirs perform. There's very little uncertainty in terms of the the subsurface. We have multiple well penetrations across both fields uh, and we have 3D seismic data coverage. So we understand the fields very well. Uh, The gas in place is in the region of 600 BCF. The fields together have only produced about 60 BCF. So the recovery factor is around 10%. And I'm sure you know, Peter, gas fields will conventionally recover um, anywhere between 60 and 80% of the gas in place. So there's a huge opportunity with both of these fields to go in and, and redevelop them. Uh, and what we have been doing over the last 18 months is identifying a, an optimum development concept to get our molecules from the reservoir to a sales point onshore UK. Um, we submitted a concept select report to the government earlier this year that described that development concept that we arrived at and, and they're very positive in their support of that. We got their letter of no objection within six weeks and we now have a, a CPR uh, based around that development concept. And as you say, Peter, the uh, the agreement with Shell to undertake the, the engineering study of the offtake route is a very important piece of that development plan. So we're, we're very happy to making progress on, on that front. So you're, you're going to invest about half a million pounds in this study. How long will that take you? And at the end of it, what's the, uh, the path forward? The study's about three months. Petrofact will be undertaking most of the, 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 the work. We will be project managing. Shell will be providing assurance, oversight and sign-off. And really that's to ensure that the end result from this satisfies Shell's stage gate process. So Shell have a a stage gate that we need to go through to get to the next stage of work. So what does this work do? It really starts to try and understand the engineering aspects of tying into Shell's infrastructure. There's a a tie into a a subsea manifold into a pipeline. Um, There are probably some modifications we need to make to one of Shell's platforms. We'll need to do some instrumentation work at the Bacton control room. 
and we may need to put some line of sight control dishes on one of Shell's other platforms. So really describing the work on all four of those elements of making sure that the tie-in works efficiently and effectively. Once we've done that, we, we go through Shell's next stage gate, and then we get into the detailed engineering. So the real you know, front-end engineering design of all the aspects of um, the offtake route and how we do it. And the two key ones, the two ones that will take the most sort of engineering, the most work will be the subsea tying point and the, the modifications to one of the platforms with some pipe work. So, you know, really interesting work to see exactly how the, the tying will work and, and what we need to do to make sure we get a, an efficient route through Shell's network into the UK national transmission system. So it'd be interesting to see the result of that. And the key is getting through Shell's stage gates. Yeah, so clearly Shell's got the capacity for this additional gas in their existing infrastructure. And if you were to be able to put that gas through that, you know, with these modifications that you've spoken about, sort of be a win-win for them because the marginal cost for them to do this is is um, very low and they would be able to get a nice tolling fee from you and from your point of view it's you know the cost of actually getting that gas to market is going to be significantly reduced and the speed at which you'd be able to do it is going to be reduced because of the nearby access to these um, pipe work very much peter that's that's spot on um you know we see this as a really good piece of business for us and for shell um, they have plenty of capacity through their network, um, so we're confident they can they can take our gas all the way through to the national transmission system. We've been to uh, visit Backton and visit the control room and the operations there at the Shell terminal. Uh, we're very confident that they will provide us a very high level of service and look after our gas and look after our molecules all the way through to a sales point. And as you rightly say, you know they have all of that capacity and they can put it to use and get you know a, a tiny bit of revenue out of our 300 BCF of gas that will go through it. And for us, you know, it is a, it's a very simple route in terms of engineering to get into their, their network. We're very confident in terms of the quality of their infrastructure. We're confident in the level of service they can provide us both offshore and at Backton. And as you say, this is far more cost-effective than having to put all of our own infrastructure in place to get us all the way to Backton. So, you know, very much win-win as far as we're concerned. And, you know, both Shell uh, and, and us guys at Heart said are very much aligned to trying to move this forward. So, um, Chris, what would be Hartshead's uh, capital requirement to put the piping on the seafloor, to drill the uh, development wells uh, and to get all that up and running? And, you know, if, if you come to that decision point and Shell's agreeable, uh, how, how, how much capital would be required to actually bring the gas into Shell's system? Yeah, I mean, we, we've got some fairly high-level um, CapEx estimates that we we pulled together with Petrofac and Fraser One Management and all the other service companies as part of our concept select report. I think we published some of it as part of our competent persons report. Um, to get to first gas for 100% of the gross project, we're looking at about 200 million pounds and that puts that puts our plat two platforms in place, uh, puts the pipeline in place to link into Shell's infrastructure does all of the modifications we need to, to, to shell and to the tie-in and drills our first well. So 200 million pounds, 100% gross project gets us to first gas. And then we have another five wells to drill after that. Uh, these wells are 
you know, fairly, fairly big wells are about 30 million pounds each. So we have the rest of the development capital being purely drilling of 150 million uh, pounds through, you know, the, the, the 2025 and, and, and a bit of 2026. So we, we, we see the first 200 million being key. Uh, we also see as soon as we start getting revenue, uh, particularly at, at gas prices that are projected for late 2024, the project could, should potentially be self-funding from that point. Absolutely. With the current gas prices for gas coming out of the North Sea, astronomical. Uh, and um, so you're in a fairly strong equity position in those assets. So you've got plenty of uh, room to attract sort of capital either from banking or from uh, from partners at that point. Very much. And, and that is the plan. Um, you know, I, I don't believe anybody should really be doing these sorts of developments on a hundred percent project basis. Um, you know, Shell don't do things hundred percent, BP don't do things hundred percent. Hart says certainly shouldn't be thinking that way. So we, we've always planned at the right point to bring one or more partners into the project. And we did announce earlier this year that we've launched a process with a company called Lab Energy Advisors and the principals of Lab have got several decades of experience in the UK uh, doing A&D transactions um, of these sorts of projects. And we launched that process um, nearly a couple of months ago now, um, and that's going very well. So we've, we've got um, multiple people signed CAs and are in our data room. Um, we've got very, very good engagement. Uh, people are very active in terms of Q&As. And what we're hoping to do is, as we move through the, the, the second half of this year, um, move to indicative bids and then uh, bring one or more partners in, as I say, and, and sell down a proportion of the project. And what that will do will help us start to put in place some or all of our required development capital uh, and start really giving us appreciation of what else we need. And you, you mentioned banks and things like that. So what else we'll need in terms of support financially to get all the way through to, uh, to first gas. But, you know, we're very hopeful that this process with Lab will put a significant proportion of our required capital to first gas in place, if not all of it. And so we should really have a sight of how we'll fund the development. Sure. Chris, in Australia, and I don't know what, what the situation is in the UK, but in Australia, some of the uh, new gas developments are being funded by uh, prepayments uh, by the utilities who come in and say, you know, here's your $15 million and we'll take X amount of gas over the first two or three years and in lieu of, you know, for, for our prepayment. Is that something which you could do with utilities, gas utilities in um, UK or Europe? Very much, very much. We've, we've, we, we, we know a number of companies that, that do that in the UK. We've had discussions with them, um, you know, and as we move through the lab process and we get a better appreciation of what additional capital we might require, we'll, we'll get into more serious discussions with them. We're also talking to infrastructure funds who can potentially assist with the, the capital required for key bits of infrastructure on a then long-term tariff basis to re reduce our capital requirement if we'd like to go that way. And there's also the debt market. And we're talking to the bond market and we're also talking to lending banks. So I think we've got a number of options of how to put our development capital in place. And it's really once we've gone through the lab process and, and got a, a partner in place, we can start to decide what the most capital efficient route is to get the rest of our capital um, put in place. 
Yeah. So when we just look at the technical uh, side of it, and you've done some early studies, I mean, looking at the capacity of the shell infrastructure, uh, you know, what sort of flow rates could could you take? Is it like 20 million cubic feet a day or 100 million cubic feet a day? What sort of scale are we talking about in terms of developing these uh, initial 300 BCF of deliverable gas? At the moment, we, are, we see our peak plateau rate of our phase one development at 140 million standard cubic feet of gas a day. Um, the shell infrastructure can more than amply handle that. I think we could probably put three times that through the shell network um, without too much trouble, certainly in the early phases of, of production when we're in free flow. Once we start going through the shell compressor, then there are different um, constraints, but certainly you know, there's, there's plenty of capacity and availability through the shell network. So we don't see that as an issue. And that's one of the attractions of this offtake route that, that we can bring in phase two and potentially even phase three and probably put as much gas as we want through their network. So with the, the drilling, the development drilling, will those wells be uh, just vertical wells or they'll be horizontal or angled wells or will you need to do any uh, stimulation on the reservoir to improve the flow rates? These wells will be high angle or near horizontal, extended reach, uh, multi-frac wells. We're looking at an average of five fracs per well. And one of the reasons these fields left you know, only very partially developed is because the reservoirs are ever so slightly tighter than normal in the area. But there's a field next door to us called Clipper South. Uh, it was discovered in 1982. It didn't have its first gas until 2012, so 30 years from discovery to first gas. And that was because it's very similar to the two fields we've got. It was, it was tight. It was unloved by its previous owner. It was uh, divested to a small cap like us, and they put a development plan in place very similar to the one we're looking at with extended reach, horizontal multi-frac wells. And we're taking all the learnings from Clipper South and applying those to the Anning and Somerville developments. And in fact, you know, our subsurface manager was the development manager at Clipper South. So we've got all of that sort of learning and, and knowledge that came from Clipper South. And, you know, Clipper South has gone on to be a very successful field, I think, there are four extended reach horizontal wells there. I think across the four wells, there's 23 fracks. And to date, it's produced about nearly 200 BCF of gas and has been very successful. So, you know, we're using that as a model. Uh, we're using the technology that was deployed there successfully to do the same thing in our reservoirs that look very similar. So, you know, we're pretty confident that, you know, we're, we're using the right technology to get the right result. Yeah, it's a great analogy to have right next door. Now, with this 11 million that you've just raised at 2.75 cents, um, where did that go? I mean, I know the directors put their hand up to take a half a million dollars worth of that. Was that... Uh, done to uh, so-called sophisticated investors or were there a lot of funds coming and looking to get involved in this or was it just private individuals? Uh, it was arranged. So um, we have some family offices um, out of the UK. Um, we have some sophisticated investors in Australia and also um, some interest from institutions. So it's been a, a real spread. Uh, it's been a, a bit of a, a step change for us, I think, Historically, our last capital raise, which was February last year, was probably to sophisticated investors. You know, and now we're seeing more interest from uh, small institutions and family offices. So I think, you know, as the project matures, 
And as the, the company grows, you know, we're seeing a, a switch to a, a broader range of, of potential shareholders and investors, which, you know, is good for us and good for the story. Yeah, well, so just looking at the sort of value opportunity here for subscribers, uh, the company's got currently a market cap of about 57 million Australian dollars. And you're now looking with the phase one development of 300 BCF, um, which you have currently have 100% of, but of course that will be reduced as you fund it and there's a phase two development of over another 100 bcf and then there are a number of other exploration targets which the company has identified down the track and so from a from a value point of view um if you can get these uh, sort of 300 million dollars 300 bcf of gas linked up and into a a market and a market which at the moment of course has gone crazy because of Vladimir Putin, but even so, the price of gas in Europe is not going to go back to sort of you know ten dollars a gigajoule. It'll it'll remain quite firm. So I'd have thought the the value proposition there on three hundred BCF of gas is sort of you know in the sort of multi billions of dollars. And really, the challenge for Hartset is to retain as much interest in that as as possible. Absolutely, Peter. I mean, you think about um, where where gas prices usually are. It's about fifty pence a therm. Um, three hundred BCF of gas is roughly three billion therms. Um, so, at fifty pence a therm, that's one and a half billion pounds in revenue from our phase one alone. But then you look at today's gas, which is five pounds a therm. Well, more than five pounds a therm. You know, you're looking at, at ten times fifty pence a therm. So, yeah, the gas market is. Has been transformed over over the last um, six nine months. Um, a very very interesting market. Um, you know, it's it's quite extraordinary. And I think you know, looking at what we are doing in terms of attracting an industry partner and launching a process right now, we couldn't be doing it at a, at a better time. Really, you know, we've got long term gas prices out to twenty twenty four, where we're looking to achieve first gas uh, still above two pounds a therm. So you know, yeah. Definitely very, very valuable molecules in the ground at the moment. And as you say, you know, the idea for us is to retain as much interest as we can, but move the project forward in the most capital efficient way possible. Yeah. So you spend this money now up until uh, December. And by the end of the year, you'll have um, this uh, engineering study complete, which is then just re- removes or reduces the risks of development. Um, so it's step by step, you're reducing the risks and increasing the value of the asset until finally, two years down the track, you can be in uh, in a place where you can start to deliver to, to customers. Is that the, the current plan? That That is the plan. That is the plan. Yeah, we, we, are, we are focused on progressively moving our phase one closer and closer to first gas. That's very much the focus of most of the things we do day in day out and whether that's engineering or environmental work or looking at how we fund things it's all focused on getting to that point and i think what's worth noting is you know we've got somebody next door to us who a very similar size company to us in iog um you know they have taken their project through to first gas they now trade at round about i think 12 us dollars per barrel of oil equivalent of 2p reserves uh, we trade at about one dollar a barrel of oil equivalent for 2p reserves that's a very good metric to end on chris i think and um so thanks for coming into stockhead to our rocky arm today 
to update us on developments in the North Sea. And uh, we'll look forward to getting you in early in the new year when you've got that study under your belt and you're making your next steps toward full engineering work. No, excellent. Thank you so much for having me on, Peter. Always a pleasure. Look forward to talking again in the new year. 